All right, everybody. Welcome to, look at, what is this, June 27th. We are halfway through the year, basically. You get a few bonus days this week, and then it's exactly the third quarter on Friday. So hopefully, you're at least 40 45%, if not 50% or more towards your goal. If not, you still have half the year to catch up, which is plenty of time. All right, today, we are very fortunate to have our general manager on, Mr. Troy Ryerson. Troy, if you could please hit star six, then we can hear you. Star six, and we can hear you. Rick, can you hear me loud and clear, buddy? You sure can. All right, so, perfect, okay. perfect. So this is the call, just so you know, this is the call that we have live people on. It's also the podcast. That's why I'm recording it. It goes on my podcast for life ever. So, Troy, just tell them, you know, give a little intro, you know, how long you've been doing this, a little background on you, and all that good stuff, please. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Thanks. And, uh, and thanks for having me, man. Good morning. Happy Monday. Or whenever you're listening to this podcast, right? But live, happy Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, Rick, for me, that's a big question there. So, gosh, uh, Rick, I've been in and around real estate for over 20 years now. And uh, mm-hmm. I actually kind of cut my teeth in mortgage in the early 2000s. Um, I was living in California. Uh, a big refi boom was coming up, and, and there was three uh, gentlemen starting a mortgage company. And, uh, and lo and behold, uh, they tapped me on the shoulder, and they recruited me as their first loan officer back in the early 2000s. And so once I kind of got me um, interested really in real estate, and, and obviously bought and sold homes over the years many times, and, and this was just kind of the, the first niche into that. But from that mm-hmm. time, it's, it's, it's been quite a journey. You know, I've been into mortgage, from mortgage for, gosh, many years, six, seven years, I think, in total, I was, I was in mortgage. I was actually at a startup back in the day, and those of you that know my story a little bit have heard this before, and that startup was known as Zillow back in the day. Mm. And, uh, you know, love or hate them, it was a company that was built by, you know, very intelligent human beings that I had the pleasure to work oh, yeah. with and for and, uh, and really kind of watch a tech startup in the real estate world, immerse, and it was it was just just I mean it was in, it was mind blowing to see um, all the different pivots that a company like that has to take as it really creates a new path into an industry that had never been touched that deep with technology before. And uh, gosh, cool. from there, you know, fa- fast forward, Rick, on and off, and and I found myself at the brand, the Berkshire Hathaway Home yeah. Services brand what, maybe six or so years ago, I was um, recruited over by a very close friend of mine. We're still close friends to this day, and uh, he was the CEO of the brand for quite some time. Mr. Chris, Chris Stewart, for those of you who yeah. know Chris, yeah. Yeah, great, great guy. Still keep in touch with him today, and again, just a great family friend. Well, you know, Chris kind of gave me a call one day and said, hey, Troy, um, I've got something that I would really like you to be a part of. You know, I'm developing this brand, this real estate brand that's fairly new because it, it was, you know, fairly new back then. And mm. we'd, like, we'd like to make this the, the pinnacle of real estate. And, um, you know, lo and behold, I, at the time, I was doing a little something else. I was working for a technology company that was uh, poising themselves for sale to Zillow at the time, and I was helping them um, build that company. And so I respectfully, I turned Chris down and said, Chris, this is just not the perfect time. 
and uh, Chris being persistent and just such a great guy overall, kept on it. And within, within about two years, he had convinced me to come take a look to see what the brand Berkshire Hathaway Home Services was all about. And Rick, I think within 72 hours, he had me on a plane. The second I said, okay, I'll take a look at it, I had plane tickets and I was in Irvine 72 hours later. Um, <laughs> that sounds like Chris. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, yeah. Sounds like Gino, guy. too. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Well, and, that's, and that was the time I actually, that was the first time I had ever met Gino. You know, Chris and Gino had been together for probably 14, 14 years or so, maybe a little less, but, but quite a while at that time. And uh, walking into HSF, Home Services Franchise, um, who actually runs the brand, uh, Gino was there. I spent a little time with him and Chris. And, of course, the whole whole cast of characters there. And, and I'll tell you, Rick, what attracted me most, because walking in those doors, in my mind, my mindset was I'm really not interested in figuring out how to do mergers and acquisitions for a brand or how to increase a footprint of a real estate company and uh, put franchises in areas where they're not before and, and help our existing companies grow not just through mergers and acquisitions, but help these existing companies grow by increasing their footprint um, organically as well. And after spending close to three days with the group at the brand, it was apparent to me that this was a very unique group. This was a group that um, was, I would just say, almost a master at cross-pollinating. I mean, Everyone was there, and everyone had everyone's back, Rick. If I walked over to marketing, I can also walk over to the customer success team. I can also walk over to the tech and data team, and they all work harmoniously together. Um, It was really more of a family than an office environment. And that was my biggest takeaway, and I'll never forget, Rick, by um, closing out, um, I was getting ready to leave on that third day I was there and catch a flight home, and I'd called Chris Stewart, and I said, let's grab you know, coffee before I get out of here. And we sat down in the, the Irvine Marriott, and I said, Chris, I'm in. I'm in. This is, this is an environment <laughs> I'd like to be a, I'd really like to be a part of. And uh, so that's what got well, me to the brand. And go ahead, Rick, please. Yeah. I was going to say, that's, you know, you got Chris Stewart, you got GB, you know, Gino Bafari, and you've got um, Alan Dalton. That's, a, you know, that's quite oh. a, a combination. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and now, like I tell, like I tell everybody, now we, Mark stole you, so now we have you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and Mark, I think I think many folks know this as well. You know, Mark was one of my largest clients, and yeah. um, really how we got together was you know strategy meetings. I'd call Mark, I'd get him on the calendar, and say, okay, you know, we've got this quarter down. What do you want to do next quarter? What do you want to do by the end of the year? And um, and I would hold Mark accountable to many things that we talked about as well. Mark will tell you that story sometime, Rick. But but I was the guy that was yeah. pushing him all the time. You know, Mark's usually the guy that pushes us. And um, as I was pushing right. him, well, he uh, he had this opportunity, as, as you know, Rick was was available for actually a little while. Um, this role has been available, and he was just looking for, in his in his words, not mine, you know, the right person for that role. And as we continued our conversations and got to know each other, we became really good friends. And uh, he just, uh, he said, you know what, I think we got an amazing opportunity here. Let's see what this looks like. And, uh, and the timing was perfect. So hence, yeah. Rick, why I'm here today, my friend. Yeah. It, you know, it reminds me, I don't know, do you know who Bob Pittman is? You know the name Bob Pittman? I, I don't. I don't. Bob Pittman, 
Bob Pittman, I was very fortunate. Bob Pittman is the guy, one of the co-founders of MTV. He also is the guy that put Six Flags back on the map, bought them and resold them. And then he bought oh, wow. Century 21, Realty World. So I got invited to meet him in his New York office. And he was like right above the Good Morning America show. While I was in his office, I was watching Bon Jovi play downstairs live on the, uh, from the, <laughs> like the, I don't know, the hundredth floor. But he did the same thing. He bought all of them, put them all together. But the difference is he bought them to repackage, raise the stock, and then sell. Where we have, yeah. a, we have a brand that has bought this brand and to hold and grow for life. So it's a huge difference in theory, right? And that's why it's such a great brand. Because like you said, when I started eight years ago from the company, people would be like, Berkshire Hathaway, what's that? Because, you know, yeah. if you weren't in the finance or if you didn't have stock – you didn't know, but now the Berkshire Hathaway name is off the charts as far as, uh, you know, recognition and so forth. And I know everybody on the calls is with us, so we don't need to be – I'm not pumping it. I'm just saying I've seen it grow even while I'm here as well. So it's a good, good situation to be in. Yeah, yeah, and great, great point on that too. It's, you know, gosh, it's amazing each – and I would say it was pretty critical in the first, you know, two to, to four years to where you would go into a market – and in that market, say we didn't have a Berkshire Hathaway. And so I would just start talking to folks. To, and it was really yeah. an interview process on my side to see if, if we could find a company that would be the right fit for this brand. And, you know, oftentimes we would, we would leave that market. And I would just, in, in, just for lack of better sense of the word, I would just say, I'm going to take that market. I'm going to put it on a shelf for now because we don't have what we're looking for there. And I'm not willing to cloud up a market with somebody that's really not Berkshire Hathaway Home Services quality. Right, right. It's kind of like hiring agents, too. It's the same type of thing. You want somebody who wants to work. I was going to say, it's very similar to what we're doing in this organization. And, and Rick, I know you know these stats. I was was speaking with a a pre-licensing class last week. And, um, and I can kind of give my spiel. I start at the global level from the brand. We get down to the local level to, to, to our organization, which is super impressive. And I know probably everybody in this call knows this already, but I, I still can't get over this. Rick, we're the 16th largest brokerage in the country. We are. We are. Not, yeah. not anybody else, but we are. And we're number three in the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Network. And, and as I was going through all this, um, I had uh, – I looked at the class and I just said, hey, can you tell me, does anyone in this room have any idea how many sales executives are inside the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services brand and the home services mm-hmm. brand of brokerages? Any idea? Show of hands. And uh, one lady raised her hand and she says, um, Troy, I think, I think there's, what, 20,000? I said, nope, more than that. And after that, I, I, everybody was kind of like stone-faced. It's, I saw big eyes. And these are all people that are new to real estate. You know, they, they don't really have any mm-hmm. idea. And I said, so I finally came out. I said, you know, we've got close to 50,000 people in our network. And mm-hmm. they all just, their jaws dropped. They're like, wow, that, that's huge. I said, you know what? And we're not even the biggest. You know, EXP has over 80,000. And you see their eyes getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, C21 and Remax, 100,000. Or, or, or more, maybe a little bit less nowadays. I'm not quite sure, but, but uh, and these are stats I remember from just you know a year or two ago, and and right. they're all going wow. And I said, but you know what the most important piece about that is? And they're like, no, what? I said, who, do you know who does the most transactions out of all of those brands? And Rick, I know you know this already, but yeah, we do home services. Right. Home right. service America does more transactions 
in the United States than any of those other brands. So isn't it interesting that we have less sales executives, yet we do a lot more transactions? Right. It just, it just really yeah, speaks to who we are as a company, right, and a brand. No doubt. No doubt, too. And, and I think when you, when you said number three in the, in the network, number 16, I believe, is in the world, isn't it? Number 16 Correct. is a company in the world. Yeah, it's in the Correct. world, not just the – yeah. So that's – and, and that's, yeah. Mark's, that's one of our favorite numbers, I know, because we were – I think we were 17 the year before, so we went up to 16, yeah. which is – I believe so. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. It's, uh, it's quite an accomplishment. And just here alone between our office, you know, between Nevada, Arizona – two markets in California, we have almost 3,500 agents ourselves. So that's pretty crazy. It's awesome. No, it's just awesome. Yeah. And, and, and again, looking at our per-person productivity, we're bringing the right people into the organization as well. You know, we're bringing mm-hmm. people that are, are hungry, smart, aggressive, uh, ethical, moral. They have integrity. I mean, I'm just, we're bringing the right people in. And that's, I think, Rick, that's why I'm so proud of this organization is – our branch leaders mm-hmm. are bringing the right folks to the table, and, and we're, there, we're integrating them well within our culture. Mm-hmm. Like the gentleman I just spoke to has been in the, in the, one of my coaching, you know, people in my coaching uh, schedule. He listed 12 properties in four weeks for the first time. He's very <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. And, uh, it's amazing. Well, makes, well, yeah. Go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, he makes 35 to 40 contacts a day, though, to do that. And not everybody's willing wow. to do that. So, yeah. <clears throat> wow. So and and, and it of, sounds like speak, he's, probably, he's probably a master of follow-up, too, right, Rick? I mean, oh, yeah. if you can make as yeah. many calls as you want, but that follow-up is the skill set that really needs to, to kick in in order to get those listings, too. Well, I would say he exemplifies my term semi-stalker lead follow-up, because that's what you've got to do in order to be <laughs> – getting it done today. <laughs> wow. All awesome. right. So, all right. So there we go. So we got a, a really good picture. I mean, I love the brand too. It's incredibly good. Then, I mean, I don't want to, these guys on the call all know the tools. They have everything we have. They know exactly. <clears throat> and most of them on this call use it. So it's kind of, it's kind of exciting. Same with the people in, in my coaching um, now, but a lot of them are, you know, the big, the big talk today is the market and what's going on. And, um, you know, and I preach to them, there's as much opportunity as there is concern. I don't think there's any concern, really, right now. I think it's more opportunity. But uh, so from your perspective, what do you see? What do you see um, as far as changes? And nothing, you don't have to be super specific. Just to get an idea of what you see sure. from, from your seat. Sure, sure. And, 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 and let me just start by saying, and, and, and this is not a canned response. This, this, is, this is really sincere is I'm really excited about what's taking place in the market right now. You know, I, I yeah, think many are running and, and they're coming from a place of fear just because things have changed. And, you know, many people will say, well, gosh, it's, it's, Troy, it's, just, it's, it's, really, it's, it's getting hard. I don't know if it's getting so hard. It's just different. You know, the last two right. years were hard for very different reasons. You know, we didn't have the inventory available and we had buyers coming out of the woodwork. And today... We've got a, we see a little bit of buyer fatigue, of course, out there. Um, you know, people are tired. They've all been running so strong. Our, 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 our sales executives, and boy, do I empathize with our sales executives. You know, so many of them, there was one I heard last week, wrote 35 offers that week and didn't even get one accepted. That's hard. That takes wow. a lot of work. So, so hmm. the market in general, yes, there's a shift. Um, I, I just looked this morning 
for just an updated stat, and it looks like the 30-year is at 5.81%, okay? Still extremely low. It, rates are normalizing, and I think that's what we're forgetting. Mm-hmm. Rick, Rick, if you look back, right. I, I, think it was na- I think it was 82. I mean, I was, I was gosh, I'll give my, give, give my age away at this point, but I think I was 10 years old. Uh, well, I don't think. I know I was 10 years old in 82, you know, and rates were close to 20%. So if you look from 82 to where we're at today, I mean, they had fallen steadily for 20 years. And, and, and now they're, they're – I mean, they took a bounce. Let's, let's just call it what it is. They took a bounce. They're heading up. A um, couple of other trends that I am watching, you know, existing home sales slightly declining four months in a row. But the median price is still growing. Right. So I think what we're, I think what we're seeing is those that – they're still out there. They still want to buy a home. They're just confused a little bit scared because they can't afford the same home that they could one, two, three, even four months ago. And so, mm-hmm. so there's a new education process that we have to take our consumers through. And, and we need, as rates are normalizing, we need to help normalize our consumers and our buyers at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I did also see, Rick, and you probably saw this as well, new home sales are up. They were up in May almost 10%. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing that we're following right now is we still can't cover demand. Um, Freddie right. Mac had put out an article last, last week or the week before, I think it was, and they were saying that there are now 18% more people between the ages of 25 and 34 than there were in 2006. So there's almost a 20% population increase in that age range, which, which equated mm-hmm. to about 6.6 million more potential first-time home buyers. So you're seeing right. a surge in this, in this area. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, this demographic was not met with new construction. So, so right. we are still lagging behind, and the demand is still really high. I think what we're just seeing is a little bit of confusion that's taking place right now as to what now. And that's where our, our sales executives, most are so good at what they do, and it's just all about communication. Rick, just like in anything, right, whether you're cold yeah. calling, whether you're warm calling, whether you're door knocking, you've got to be a master at communicating. Mm-hmm. And, the, and one of the best things we can do as communicators is what? Is listen. Yeah. Listen to their concerns. Ask them. Mm-hmm. Ask them. Ask them those amazing nine questions. I think I put it out in a video or, or some, a few, either a month or two ago, but you know, look at it in the eyes. What is your biggest frustration right now in regards to our home search? Or what's your biggest frustration right now that we have your home listed? I know it's taken, you know, maybe seven or nine days before we got our first offer. And, and mm-hmm. then really kind of walk them through that as, as to figuring out where they are. And, and then you know what we do as professionals? We meet them where they're at at that point. So, so the right. market is changing. The market is different. But the market's still the market. As sales executives, right. Rick, yourself, Myself, we're not going to change what we do because we still have our goals in alignment right. with our core values and beliefs, and that's what we're still going to move forward and do. So hopefully that right. answered what Absolutely. you were looking for, Rick. No, no, it does. And, and I would just add uh, to the new, new home sales, um, you know, it's been just about 15 years since the uh, massive, you know, crushing we took in 2007. So we're at that 15-year mm-hmm. mark. And if you go back, so if you start from 2007 to now, that 15 years, so that's one time increment, and you go 2007 backwards 15 years, there's only been 25% as many homes built 
from 2007 to now as there was the 15 years prior. So that new construction or that inventory situation has been pretty much developed. And then you have places like California and, you know, that have tighter, you know, building regulations and so forth. So it's really become tougher to build. And after the crush, you know, builders and financing institutions are not willing to go out that far. So, you know, today the home, the new home buying process is totally different because you're reserving your home a year, a year and a half, unless you're willing to buy one that fell through and it's already up or, and so forth. It's a whole different process today, but, and Phoenix, Phoenix MLS is up 112% in listings over last year this time. And Nevada is very close. California is not quite there yet, but that means, you know, there's over two, two times as many homes available now as there was last year, but that's still, you know, only about less than two months inventory in both Nevada, Arizona, and definitely California. So it's still a healthy, I know Forrest hates this term, but I'm going to say it, seller's market. He calls it a seller's advantage market, but it's the same thing basically. <laughs> so, so we still have all that going on. Plus, here's the other thing too, Troy. We have summer for the first time in three years. You know, like yeah. school's out yeah. and people, are, I mean, I don't know about you, but how many people do you know on vacation right now? It's like crazy. So yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny you say that, Rick. Last week, I think you and I were talking about this in the hallway last week, Rick, but but I've even noticed the commute. So, I mean, I don't have a big commute. I live in Summerlin. I commute to Henderson when I'm in town. And it's typically yep. 30 to 35-minute commute, right, right, roughly right around there. But I've noticed a tremendous amount of less traffic. Oh, yeah. And it's something oh, yeah. I don't yeah, normally notice, but I'm not even hitting my brakes in the way in anymore. And so it, <laughs> it tells me to your – to, to your point, though, Rick, summer started. We actually have a season. Yeah. We have two years yeah. with no season, and we and we were so used to seasonality in real estate, and all of a sudden oh, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, I'm still working. Oh my gosh, it's December. It's Christmas Eve. I'm still working. It. I mean, our poor sales executives were going, were just going nuts with business, and it was it was hard. They need to take a break, need a breath. What a great time to you know yeah. take a quick breath, a quick one, because even though there is some seasonality and we do have a summer. Sales prices are still going up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, I, I think I live two exits closer than you because mine's 26 minutes because I live in Summerlin too. <laughs> but um, especially right. Mondays and Fridays. But, you know, my, my little joke when the pandemic started was I used to say jokingly, well, the only good thing about the pandemic is that I get on the highway, I put my cruise control on at, you know, 74, and then I don't mm-hmm. take it off until I'm hitting the brakes at the exit. That hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. So, all right, cool. So you see, so yeah, I, um, I see a good healthy market and I think, and the thing is, is that let the naysayers be the naysayers. Let the, you know, um, you know, the press over sensationalize like they're going to do and you put your nose down, make a few more contacts, talk to a few more people because listing property is going to get a little easier right now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. well, and I and I would say I would say even buying properties is getting a little bit, little bit more easy as well, Rick. Just just True. given the fact that our inventory True. numbers are going up, you know, it's True. there's there's yeah. a little bit less stress in that. Although we're taking that stress on, going, oh my gosh, there's more inventory. What are we going to do now? No, it's it's everything we wanted the last two years. So you know, let's ride this wave and and. 
in, in our organization specifically, and remember, Rick, I, I used to cover 13 states. I've seen so many different yeah. organizations. This one specifically, with the training we have, with the tools we have, with the leadership we have in place, it, it, is, it is a very unique and an incredible organization. And, and what yeah. I see most I is that cream is going to rise to the top, and it already is rising mm-hmm. to the top. Those mm-hmm. that are, have been working hard, those that have been building their pipelines, those that are keeping in touch with their sphere of influence on a regular basis with good, solid, relevant business reasons, those that are digging deeper inside of their sphere, that are understanding that person as being a human being as well, you know, what's their favorite restaurant, how many kids they have, what are their names, what are their pets, all those things. You have all those reasons to keep in contact with those folks. Those relationships are going to foster more than ever because we're going to see a lot of newer folks in the industry Mm -hmm. and even some of our older folks in the industry that maybe don't understand how hard this job can be. And and they just don't have the grit to become that upper echelon sales executive that we have in this industry. And so those folks, they're going to prosper. They're they're going to stick to their goals. They're going to do everything they need to do to hit their goals because it's in their mindset as to what they have to do. The market changes, not us and and, and not our sales executives. Right. Yeah, and what, what, and what you do, the, the foundational stuff stays the same, and I think that's incredible. Also, you know, because you have a lot of interaction, as I do too, but you have a, probably a little bit more than I do with prosperity. So mm-hmm. I, I've seen some really good things with prosperity. They're going out of their way, and, you know, like everybody knows now, we're corporate-owned, they're corporate-owned. So, you know, since I've been here, we've had four mortgage companies. This one's not changing, and I see some really good things happening with them. I, I agreed, Rick. I, agreed. Their their programs are phenomenal. I won't do, I won't do a big commercial on prosperity. That's not what we're here today for. Right. But but I I do. Right. I have weekly calls um, with the leadership team inside of Prosperity for for our company, and we discuss what we're doing differently, how we're serving our consumers better, how we're serving our sales executives better. Because mm. I mean, let, let's just keep it real. It's the the mortgage consultant slash loan originator. It's really holding our sales executives check at the end of the day. I mean, if they mess up, it's on our sales executive. And so mm-hmm. just, just so everyone on this call and listens to this podcast knows, we get it. And we have our thumb all over that thing because it is critical that the customer service, the integration that's taken place, the camaraderie, the integrity, everything is all in one place with that mortgage company prosperity. They have to stand on their own two feet. We, we can, mm-hmm. We're not going to feed them business just because they're corporate-owned. We want to feed them business because they're the best in what they do and who they are. And what I'm seeing, Rick, to your point, I'm mm-hmm. seeing that. The programs are yep. ridiculously good. Their rates, and I don't know if you know this or not, I learned this two weeks ago. When everyone stopped locking, Prosperity kept locking. They're like, yeah. no, no, we'll lock your rates. We'll lock. And yeah, they, they, and yeah, they shop will. and lock program. They'll lock for 90 days yeah. for you. And you don't even 90 have 90 days, property. yeah, that's crazy. You don't even yeah, need an address. They'll lock you in so you can go find a home. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. So there's some, there's some cool stuff. This isn't the, the place to go on too much about that today, right. Rick, but right. I am super excited about what I'm seeing with Prosperity. And I would just say, yep. as a Me sales too. executive, if you're listening to this, take a look at them. Just, just go meet them. Just go ask them what they're up to and what they're doing. And, and you, you be the judge, not me, but you be the judge to see if they'll fit well into your, into your business as we continue to help you build that thing. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Well, perfect, Troy. We have about a minute left, so I thought 
any uh, words of wisdom, final words you want to leave these lovely people today? Yeah, you know what? Um, gosh, that's really put me on the spot right there, Rick. Wisdom, wisdom's a tough <laughs> word, but uh, but uh, yeah. any takeaway? <laughs> you know, I, I think what I'll just say is this: um, the foundational aspects of our business are really no different than our sales executives' businesses. You know, Mark started talking about it almost 20 years ago, and um, he says, you know, we build brokerage inside of a brokerage, and this came from our sales executives, by the way. Mark had asked them, you know, what, what do we need to do differently? And they, and they all came up and said, look, we want to start building our own brokerage inside of your brokerage. And, Rick, I think you've heard me say it a lot since I've been here. It's not just a brokerage. We want to build your business inside of a business. And so yeah. I, I think the biggest takeaway, if I can leave this, is our model, and, and most of you know this, and if you don't, get with your branch leaders and ask them to work with you on this, is we want to meet – our sales executives, where they're at, and we want to take them on a journey of building their business all the way from the beginning of what are your core values and beliefs, where's your mindset, do you have a database in place, are you marketing correctly? We want to take you on that journey to building an exit strategy and ultimately a sellable asset. That's why you're here. Yeah. We want to build right. your business, and I can't stress that enough because if we're doing our job, we're supporting you, and building something that you have that's a beautiful, sellable asset whenever that time comes. So keep your minds Absolutely. right. Don't, don't worry about the market. The market's going to do what the market does. Really worry – I shouldn't say worry. Really focus on what it is focus, that you yeah. want to do and you want to accomplish. If the market share goes down, grab more of it at the end of the day. Yep. Exactly right. Yeah, I, 100%. And we definitely that's what we're here for to help them do that. Well, hey. Troy, I really appreciate you taking your time out today. Everybody else will do this in a week. Troy, thanks for taking your time out. Everybody else, we'll talk soon. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Rick. Thanks so much, everybody. Talk appreciate soon. It. Bye for it. now.